0: Hey guys, this is Nick Rose of Eternity, the platform you can find super exclusive NFT stuff. I'm here on the edge of NFT, the podcast that brings you the most exclusive NFT content you can find. Keep listening. Cheers. Hey there, NFT curious listeners.
1: Stay tuned for today's episode and find out how Eternity went deep into the weeds of licensing before anyone else and captured some of the most hard-hitting brand
2: IP to share as NFTs.
3: And why Nick Rose and TikTok go together like FOMO and gas.
2: And why up-and-coming projects like Monai World slash Universe are a shining example of how creators can translate their imagination into community. All this and more on today's episode. Enjoy. And remember, NFTLA is coming March 28th to the 31st. It will be an unforgettable experience featuring the creme de la creme in the NFT space. Head on over to nftla.live to get your tickets as early as possible for best pricing. And if you or someone you know wants to partner with us to co-create this special, unforgettable experience, there are still opportunities to get involved, but they are also going fast. So please reach out at contact at edgeofnft.com. Today's episode
1: features Nick Rose, CEO and founder of the Unicorn blockchain company, Eternity, Eternity.io, which specializes in producing super rare digital art and collectibles. Nick is also the chief brand partnerships officer for Rewild, that's rewild.org. And that's a foundation that protects and restores the diversity of life on earth with over 15,000 projects worldwide. Nick, this is really cool
0: stuff you're up to. We're really excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ethan. Thank you, Jeff. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, very well. Stuff are cool and the NFT stuff are cool. So we can talk about whatever you guys want first. Awesome. Nice, man. Well, dude, we we should give our listeners a
2: little more background on you, man. Like tell us about your path to uh, Eternity and how you
0: uh, came up with the concept. Yeah. I've been in the blockchain for about 10 years. I bought my first Bitcoin. From Liberty back in 2011, long, long time ago, out of complete lack, to be honest. Somebody told me about it, and I was a 22 year old Greek kid in Vegas for the first time, and I was like, sure, I'll check it out. So that was my first interaction I had with anything related around the blockchain. I got into Bitcoin, and I didn't really take it serious, but close to 2013, by early 2014, I'd say. I started, I looked at my account and it was, it had a pretty significant difference. So I was like, what the hell is going on? So that's what, like, I got really curious about it. I got curious, curious about the technology And I got interested to it. I went all over the world, uh, conferences, I met multiple people, met Vitalik, met Adrian, who's our vice president today on Eternity. And yeah, I got very interested in the blockchain applications. And that's what I've been doing for a long time. I've been investing in in, in different projects, equity deals, token deals, different DeFi applications since 2017. And NFTs is the latest thing I got interested to, obviously following the CryptoPunks launch back in 2017. I got very interested to, to, into NFTs and that's how Eternity came to be. Blockchain has a lot of NFT. The NFT technology has a lot of very fun applications and obviously art and collectibles are one of them. That's something I think that we all love about this. There's a lot of fun too, right? I mean,
1: there's technology, there's hard work, but your hard work can pay off because you get to build really cool stuff that people can utilize. It just engages with all sorts of parts of of culture, which we appreciate. So I want to know about uh, ANFTs. Can you tell me where that came about and bring us up to speed on this concept of an ANFT?
0: As you guys can see in the market right now, a lot of these companies are focusing on brand building. A massive example, the board AB Club, the CryptoPunks. People and companies are building brands from scratch, new brands that people are buying into, and either either collectibles or some of them have some financial utilities. So we wanted to do that, but we wanted to start different. What nobody was doing back then was nobody was looking at IP acquisition. Everybody wanted to build their own thing. And third strategy was always instead of build our own thing. In the start, let's go acquire and license things that already have value in the real world and transcend them into this digital environment, right? So we went a year full on before we even launched on, any, on IP acquisition. You know, We do deals with the Muhammad Ali estate, Elvis Presley, Merle Monroe, That does with, with ABG, who, they were, who they're one of our very early investors. Obviously, you guys know the Leo Messi deal with the license that we own. That's a Kill O'Neill thing we did. We have over 300 licenses right now some of them are exclusive most of them are exclusive uh, some others are not but yeah you know we, we did a deal with uh, copa america i don't know if you guys soccer fans probably some of the listeners will be we did a deal with copa america we're trying to do something with the world cup not sure if it's going to happen yet but yeah our mission was always go get brands and individuals with that have actual brand value and transcend them into the blockchain. well
3: let me let me just say, like Jeff and I we had a fashion company, and we always saw this digital twin for these interchangeable patches that we did on a company called Canopy. And I went to the licensing expo. I met with abG, I met with NFLPA. and these were not top of mind ideas three, four years ago, right? But once the sort of, I guess the bell went off, like everyone was intrigued, but also very cautious. How did you convince these big brands with really, really prestigious IP to go with you?
1: Nick is looking very proud of himself while you asked that question. So I think he's got a good... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's got a good story.
3: Hours
0: of hours of hours. Like I ended up having like a record at some point, saying the same thing to every single person. Like I had to like record my voice and play to them because it was like the early days before even the boom, guys. It was a nightmare to explain to all this Bitcoin, and we spoke to everyone and anyone. Like anyone, you guys can tell me. You, you can name any company. I think we have spoken to. We grinded, grinded so hard the first year because the hardest part was was to convince them that this is real. So. Our deal structure was very weird. It was like, sure, we want to try it. We will throw numbers out. They'll say, how can you guys sell that? Who will buy this as a digital image? We ended up saying, don't worry, they will buy it. So all of our licensing deals in this time, the early days looked like that. If we do that and we hit that certain amount, it, re- it renews up to three years. So we're in a very advantageous position right now because now the market exploded, right? So our kind of hard work and bet paid off because now we have all this IP that we can monetize for the next couple of years. And, you know, that's nothing because this opened the doors. Now companies now are coming to us. We get emails daily. Oh, you guys work with Leo Messi who's like the biggest soccer player in the world. We want you to work with this other guy. Now who's like equally good or up and coming. So it's pretty, it's, it got, it's gotten easier. We're focusing more. We still have a full on department that does IP acquisition, but we're more s- focusing now on technology and financials. Like I love DeFi. This for decentralized finance, I love DeFi myself, so I've been working very hard on integrating DeFi into NFTs, and that's our my personal mission. And I want gaming and DeFi is what I'm working towards on right now. That's what I spend the most time per day because the IP acquisition is flowing pretty pretty well.
3: You say it with ease now, but I think, uh, you know, I've been in those conversations with these brands and, and it's not easy what you're able to do there. So kudos to you, man, and to your team. So let's talk about the utility token and how it provides value to holders. You've been around this space for a long time. I think you look at this as a Web3 convergence where these are all just tools in the toolkit. How do you see utility fitting in with your project? Yeah. So
0: we wanted to have control of our own ecosystem, right? So we created that token that we gave to our community and that gives access to specific verticals through our ecosystem and they can get access to things you couldn't get if you wanted to pay with your credit card, right? And obviously people feel that they belong to a community when they're all incentivized to own something, right? So we have about 40,000 different wallets that they own this token right now. That's only on decentralized exchanges. I don't know. Centralized exchanges might, might be way more but, you know, it gamifies the experience. I know if you go on our website and you create an account, you'll see the number one, the most popular product is stone farming. And what stone farming is, the community can get our tokens and they interact with a smart contract and they farm stones. We named them stones because we were huge Marvel fans out of, out of the Infinity Stones. We named them stones. So when you earn those magic stones by staking our utility token, now you get to redeem them within our marketplace. And that means merch. You can buy physical merch of the merch I'm wearing right now from hats to shirts to Eternity, sweaters and, and all that stuff to actual NFTs. Like we have members who have been farming stones for like months now and they were able to redeem the stones for actual NFTs and sell them for ETH or Earn, right? By creating this is a full-on DeFi application. Like I said, that's the first phase of integrating DeFi with NFTs, right? So now you have this you have somebody who can stake stones where they're worth nothing because they don't, you can't trade them within you can't trade them peer-to-peer, right? They're only uses to redeem them on the marketplace. But the way our licensing works, let's say we launch an NFT with money Pacquiao, right? We'll sell. Three, four NFTs on the marketplace, and we'll have one specifically for the stoneholders. So this can only be accessed to the stoneholders that have to stake and this have to do this whole process. This NFT has, we haven't priced it, right? So they can price it themselves. There's a great example with the money paquiao, because somebody bought one super rare one and sold it for like seven ETH. So out of literally just staking our utility token, he got to make seven Ethereum back for just doing completely this DeFi application within our website. So that's up number one. We're building NFT staking. We're building NFT renting. We're building NFT lending. We'll see about the lending. I'm going to put an asterisk there because of the regulators. And I don't know what's going to happen with all that stuff. But if eventually we're able to figure out the legals there, NFT lending is, is on the way.
3: That's awesome, man. I mean, we one of the first panels. We have DLA is how Define Gaming is changing the world as we know it, right? And, you know, we have folks that we're friends with, like the guys at Decentral Games, where you can, like, play poker for a living or loan out your NFT and let someone else play poker. And it, it sounds like you're all well, they in. Built that. All that's
0: built already. The difference with us is we'll announce soon a fundraiser that we just closed. I won't say the names and who is behind it, but there's some pretty big VCs, but we have to do things by the book. I could easily go myself and launch a decentralized website that you can go give loans to people, but we don't want to do that. We want to do everything. We have to do everything by the book. We have legit investors and legit partners like ABG and, and others. So we have to do everything by the book, right? So... We were, if we were to launch this lending protocol, it has to be fully um, registered and, and, and approved. Yeah, dude, you got a lot of exciting stuff happening. One of the coolest things, and you've mentioned
2: it several times. I mean, it's to a large degree, the foundation of everything, right? Is getting those licensing deals, bringing in these amazing brands, these amazing personalities. You have tons of them that you've recently done from Dallas Cowboys to James Dean and you know, other nostalgic figures like Bruce yeah. Lee. It's all very exciting. Like, tell us more about that relationship between the, the ip owners yeah. and yourself how do you collaborate how do you bring that to life yeah, in a way fun.
0: that's exciting for everyone it's great i'll be super honest with you in the start that was fully involved in the whole process like step to step step to step now it's kind of automated we have a whole art by the way our team is about 100 people we're a pretty big team right how the whole thing works right now let's say we do a new deal with a license they always ask us for an artistic brief what do we want to do with them like how do we imagine that We've worked in the past with some very notable artists from Ralph Grossetti, who's actually from LA here. Great guy. Boss Logic. You guys you guys know Boss Logic, obviously. We did the messy thing with him. We, we've done a lot of things with him. We've been working with a lot of notable artists. So what we do is we have our art our director who kind of identifies what would match with his license, right? So he'll pick an artist. We'll speak to the artist. We'll see if they would like to get involved with that. And at the same time, we have our in house artists who they built in full on wearables and metaverse items, like, like the Dak Prescott jersey that you can take. And I don't know if you guys saw, we, we launched a big partnership with Sandbox. But now you can go on Sandbox, and whoever owns this jersey, you can claim the voxelized version and you can put it on your avatar on Sandbox. And you can now wear the Dak Prescott thing around and hang out, right? But within a drop, it's not only artistic stuff, there is wearables as well, which we're very, very interested in the wearable side of things. We present them what we want to do. They either say we like it or, we, or, or they don't. If they don't, we go with something else. They approve what they want. They are the creative and we go with it. And We strategize in-house and internally what we think it's going to sell and what will have value long-term. because That's, that's very important for us, the long-term value. Right now, our secondaries are not really great. They're okay. We have about 1,200 ETH on resales on OpenSea and about 2,000 ETH on our website because everything that's trending right now is that. It's like Bored Ape, Club. Everything is new brands and PFP projects. My personal... I, people don't like when I say that, but I, I can't help it. Most of those projects will go to zero. And obviously not Bordeaux. I own bunch of them. I love the Yuga Labs guys. But you see new brands being created every day, daily, hundreds of them. That reminds me the ICO boom of 2017 easily. And it's not going to end up well for the community, right? So we're just going to do our own thing. We're going to keep, keep focusing on IP acquisition. Those digital collectibles we're selling are backed by the actual brand, either... The person is still alive or not. Bruce Lee will always be a legend. And the collectibles will just sold out in minutes. His first ever collectibles, licensed authenticated collectibles on the blockchain. So in my opinion, in 10 years from now, you're looking at something really valuable. That's just my opinion, right? No financial advice. I have to say that all the time. <laughs> of course. Man, yeah. will call me. Yeah. <laughs> I love Bruce Lee, though. I'll have to check those out. I mean... Rob yeah. Grossetti did them, actually, and Boss Logic. They did a they did triple partnership with Anthony Francisco, another Marvel artist. And they looked wow. amazing. I didn't even have time to buy all of them. I bought one of the, of the three.
1: Yeah. And we didn't really highlight this. We were talking about a little bit before, sort of like acquiring that IP. I've been now we've networking with some folks who are doing that kind of stuff lately, including Jeff and Josh, who have done it. It's not as simple as just asking for it and negotiating the the financial rights. It's like people, they have a brand they have to protect and they need to know who they're giving it to, right? So
0: that's a lot. Plus something else. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. Plus something else. A lot of them require the pretty hefty payment up front. Let's Mm. not forget that. So we took the risk to put those payments up front. Like, go do a deal with Leo Messi. He'll tell you, I want I want $2 million up front. Otherwise, I'm not even speaking to you. Yeah, <laughs> right. So you've got to be able to do those things. And we were able to do it. And then I'll be honest with you, like a lot of this investment was just personal, my personal investment. So, right, without raising any money.
3: Did that create some sleepless nights for you in all honesty, or were you yeah, just like- yeah. In the start, it did. I did. Guys, I,
0: my first year, I didn't I haven't slept. Now I've made it like a ritual to take Sundays off. But that's it. The rest of the days are the same. But Sundays are off. Sometimes Saturdays are half. In the start, it was really stressful. But I, I used to be a poker player as well. That's how I got into Bitcoin. To be honest with you, oh, yeah. I, I heard it from another poker player. Sometimes taking risks pay, pays off, and sometimes you, I don't take risks anymore. I take calculated risks. And I fully understand the technology and I understand its potential and blockchain's potential. So I'm I'm more than happy to, to go something that looks like a great risk to somebody else. It might, doesn't look like a great risk to me, like being able to sign Leo Messi and be the company that's going to take his digital collectibles out there. I mean, we made our money back the first hour. Yeah. Uh, So
1: yeah. I mean, risk is dependent on the person who's taking it. Right. And what skills and resources they have, you know, you mentioned Earlier, you know, you turned your computer again for the listener who wasn't watching over to your computer screens, got board apes all over it. Yeah. And we're talking about the trends and things that you've been in the space for a while. It's pretty clear. What would you say are, you know, from your perspective, the macro trends going on in the NFT industry? You know, maybe since before yeah. this kind of boom, you know, up till what's going to happen next. You know, I'm sure you know exactly what's going to happen next. You can tell us that.
0: Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I can tell you what I think is going to happen. What I think is going to happen is I think we'll have a little bit of more brand building. More board apes will pop up. More cool brands will pop up because there's a lot of smart people and creative people out there that haven't even gotten involved yet. Bunch of them will pop up. In my opinion, we'll have a massive crash. Everything that didn't really do well will just die. All these not well-funded companies will just die. We've seen it in crypto happen. We've seen it happen before. We've seen it on the internet back in the day as well. The good companies survived and thrived, but the companies that didn't—that it was just hype—that it just go away. And the same thing will happen with the NFTs. I'm always telling you know my friends and family, don't be too much, too heavy on on owning too many NFTs and stay liquid and look for opportunities. I mean, look at the board apes today. I'm looking for opportunities. 114 ETH a month ago on during Christmas was 50. Well, the, the ETH price was a little bit different as well, but still, I think in ETH, I don't think in dollars anymore. I don't really care. I want to have as much, I think in crypto, right? If I have more ETH, I'm, I'm winning. I don't care what's ETH's price, right? Because long-term, in my opinion, ETH will outperform any S&P and, and any of all that traditional investing people do. I completely stop investing in any of other stuff than just...
3: So we talked about sort of the macro trends overall. What are your thoughts on sort of the EVM compatible chains, Phantom, Cart- even like the non-EVM compatible chains, but like, let's talk about Phantom yeah. and Cardano and Solana and Avalanche.
0: What are your feelings there? So I wish I could be fully honest. I can't because I represent Eternity and we have a bunch of deals in the table with a lot of them, but I wish I could like really speak as Nick on the technologies of each one i can, i can break down every single one but i can't. no no
3: no one's listening except us right. you can yeah. say whatever you want yeah, i always i, could. Well, yeah, I, wish have, I you of, have you heard of,
0: have you
1: heard of, have you heard of Slardano or maybe wait uh, say that
3: again so Slardano, something, something. Or we could talk
1: about polygon or something or we're
0: going to talk about polygon Ma- i love polygon Maverick, polygon sure. polygon is one of our investors <laughs> as well <laughs> polygon is one of our investors as well and we're using polygon and we will keep using polygon user friendly fun great guys the whole team is great. They actually backed us now on our equity round as well. I like Solana as well. I mean, I, we might do something there as well. We're we going cross-chain. That's a fact for Ethernal Labs because our company, the parent company is called Ethernal Labs. We're going cross-chain no matter what. And I'm an investor, just full disclosure on Palm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Palm. They uh-huh. launched the so- Damien Hearth NFT.
3: That's coming to NFT LA. Yeah. We had them oh, on I the love- show. Yeah, I love Matt. I'm love i an investor there and we're launching
0: another marketplace that's called iCandy. It's going to be fully art, no licensed stuff. It's going to be just fully creative, decentralized platform that, pe- that any artist can go and create their own art. Not an open seat. It's going to be fully curated. It's going to be invite only. We're launching that and it's full on with Palm. Like we use Palm for, as L2. A lot of them are very useful. A lot of them are great. But like I said, Ethereum is king in my opinion and always will be. Let's see what happens after Ethereum 2.0. But you know, I understand the issues. I see all the issues uh, with gas fees. I don't even want to know how much money I spend in gas fees in my lifetime. But yeah, there are some cool other products. I like Avalanche a lot as well. Solana is good. I mean, they had some issues with a little bit of couple of outages and all that stuff. I'm, I'm, fully, I'm sure you guys are fully aware. But you know, every company, I mean, we have bunch of outages on our website as well when we launched. It happens.
3: I didn't know the amount of gas I spent in 2021 until the OpenDAO <laughs> project and I got to claim some tokens and they gave me that number and I was like, wow.
0: It's brutal. It's bad. It's, that's the only flaw within this ecosystem and hopefully it can get fixed. I mean, we need another podcast to discuss more tech if you guys want to, but hopefully it can get better. I don't know if it can get fully solved, especially if Ethereum goes to $10,000. I don't know.
3: You've definitely given us a pretty good glimpse of what's in store for you. But are there any other partnerships you're working on that you wanted to give a shout out? Is there anything else that we should look forward to this year?
0: Yeah, we are working on a brand deal right now that if it goes through is four times bigger than Adidas entering the metaverse. And I say four times because that's how bigger the company is on the public stock market. We'll see. Let's see if it happens. It looks good so far.
2: Hey, it's pretty pretty good. So far. <laughs> I yeah. will keep an eye out for it, man. But look, yeah. there's so many amazing companies in the space. Uh, we've talked about a ton of them. Like, where do you look for inspiration? I mean, you're in the trenches most of the week, really, all day, every day. Where do you draw inspiration to, to continue the chart, to continue to do great things and, uh, and
0: innovate? I'm just having fun, to be honest with you. For me, it's all about having fun and creating things. And I'm really, really happy that an industry that seven years ago that I got really serious about everybody thought we were crazy i'm really happy now that everybody is jumping into it and you see notable figures buying nfts and putting them on their instagram and twitter profiles and you see ceos like jack dorsey and and other people like embracing it like that because when you've been around back in 2014 and 13 when there were six crypto tokens on coin market cap and everybody thought you were Nobody could like my own parents wouldn't understand what I was doing. Nick, what 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 are you doing for work? I couldn't explain. When you've been through that, and now you see all this adoption, you just feel kind of that you're kind of complete. So I just like to build. So I I'm just gonna keep building what I like. I just have this vision now on on building the most fun DeFi cross NFT applications, and there is a lot of stuff that I'm not telling you public, but you'll see. We're building a lot of fun stuff that's never been built before. Some of them will work. Some of them won't, but the process is what's really making me excited and keeping me. If Keep you can going, going every day, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: That's amazing. You guys are doing amazing stuff. Yeah. I, I remember, I think, what was it like a Tony Hawk drop or something like that? That was the first time I heard of Eternity. I was in the yeah. middle of like a, an ETH global hack and I was like, Whoa, yeah. what's going on there? You know, cause everything, spe- certain, certain folks speak to you. I used to skateboard a lot as a kid, you know, and that really spoke to me. And what it gets at is just the fun. It's the fun that you're talking about. I think that's an amazing part of the space and it's bringing so many cool people into it. But we'll keep an eye on all of that, man. And I think our listeners will likely be diving very deep into Eternity after this conversation.
1: We interrupt the Edge of NFT podcast to reveal one of the best kept secrets in the NFT space right now, the Koi Network. If you're a creator or a builder or an investor in groundbreaking projects, you need to dive into Koi ASAP. Why? Imagine a new internet, where each time your posts get viewed on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, you earn rewards. Koi's revolutionary decentralized infrastructure scales this new internet to the whole globe, transforming attention into an asset and every creator into an earner, all without the expensive high-energy usage of old-school blockchains. Here is the best way to learn more and earn more by becoming a founding member of the growing koi community. Go to edgeofnft.com slash Koi. That's edgeofnft.com slash K-O-I-I, two I's. There you can publish your first Koi NFTs for free and start earning Koi today. The new internet is coming. Don't you want to be valued on it?
2: We wanted to take a little bit of a step back and ask you some questions about a number of topics that give us a little insight to you personally. It's a section we call edge quick hitters. It's sure. about 10 or 15 minutes. Usually we, we go in and ask these questions, looking for short single word or few word responses, but you can feel free to expand if you get the urge. Are you ready to sure. dive in on this thing? Yeah. let's. All All right. You look a little uh,
0: by the way, just so that's you a- know, I haven't done any research and I haven't responded to anything in advance. So I'm going to do this fully Real legit. Right off the cuff. cuff. All right, here we go. Yeah.
2: Let's yeah. dive in, man.
0: Right, yeah. Question number one. What's the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? I think Panini stickers. Like, you know, remember the yeah. stickers you would buy? Soccer stickers that you'll put them in an album. Yeah, nice. You hang on to stuff like that? You're I still have them.
2: Yeah. Oh, nice. Good hold. Good one. Question number two. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life?
0: It's an Alcatel phone. It's the first phone I had that my auntie bought me. And I just needed the cast and I sold it to somebody when I was like 14 or something. I <laughs> remember, I remember, I remember it, I remember it like now. Nice, dude. Flip phone? Was it a flip phone? I don't know. It's a flip it phone. Was it
2: old school flip phone? The
0: Alcatel. I'm I'm 32, so yeah. I, I was about 13 when I had got it. 13 nice. or 15, something like that. Question number three: What is the most recent thing you purchased? I got a paraglider. That's a physical thing I bought recently, like two days ago. And I got a cyber. Tri- I got a new desktop as well. Oh, cool. A paraglider is a thing that you fly around. Yeah. I don't know. Hey. If you guys, it's like a parachute. You have, to jump, you have to jump off like a cliff for
2: that.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've been doing this a lot. <laughs> really? <laughs> nice. You got to jump yeah. off those cliffs. I'll send we're, you guys my located? Instagram after you guys can see. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's amazing. How so long have you been you doing that? Right like, then, like since I moved here, like nine and a half years, I'd say. In LA? Yeah. yeah. In America. I'm from Greece. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Cool. Uh, All right. Question number four. What is the most recent thing you sold? I sold a NAB
0: yesterday and I bought a new one today.
2: (laughs) You got some alpha there that's uh, selling
0: and buying? Well, uh,
3: is this related to that? The third biggest holder, they liquidated their DAO. Is that what happened? That sort of,
0: no? I'm not part of that. No.
3: So maybe it hasn't happened yet, or maybe you just were sort of just random timing, but I just read a story on Twitter the other day, the third biggest holder, of Board Apes, was going to liquidate their entire DAO because they were having an internal disagreement and that that was going to create some opportunities for what? some a little bit more high value buying on the market.
0: Yeah, there, there is a couple of good opportunities out there right now for mutants and apes and a few other things. Nice. Question number five, what
2: is your most prized possession? My
0: girlfriend. I'm <laughs> <That's a joke. laughs> yeah. Can I say my dog? I mean, I love sure. him so much. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah. but it sounds weird if I say it's my possession, right? He's my oh, friend. It's He's your buddy. <laughs> oh, will say, this guy is weird. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, depends. Yeah, it I'm depends. not into possessions much, man. I, 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 yeah. I live very simply. I mean, I love my dog so much. So yeah, things, I mean, whatever. And yeah. what's more expensive what's more prized? More prized, I'd say my dog for sure. Question number six, if you could buy anything in the world,
2: digital service and experience that's currently for sale, what would that be?
0: I'd definitely go to Mars if I could go. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's for sale, but I'd definitely do it. Or I'd go to one of these funny things they've been been doing. They're going up to space for for five minutes and they're coming back. I'll definitely do that.
2: Yeah, man. That's a popular one. I think Mars is coming soon. That ticket's going to be available really soon. I think test I'm test. ready for
0: that if that happens, for sure. Yeah, SpaceX. I've got
1: a nice timeshare property we're building on the side of Olympus Mons. If you're interested. <laughs> <we can laughs> send it over. <laughs> nice. There. Send it over.
2: Question number seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would that be? Ooh,
0: hoo, hoo. That's a good one. Dude, I love those. We should do this more often. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I don't think of those things. Being brutally honest, even if... People doesn't like it. People doesn't do this very often, especially in LA. <laughs> right? Yeah, a lot of. I don't uh, like
2: that answer,
1: man. I don't yeah. <laughs> like that answer. No, I'm just
2: kidding.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that if it's true. <laughs> it's one of those
2: funny things in LA too. I think it comes like from the entertainment industry where you got to kind of you have like very sensitive talent, you know, actors and whatnot yeah. that need their egos stroked. Everybody always wants to say, oh yeah, that was a great take. That was great. It was beautiful. You know, maybe, maybe just do yeah. one more, but that was great. great job. You know, yeah.
0: a little over the top, right? People, people are scared, to be honest, these days. Yeah. Because it's like, you are too controversial. <laughs> Personally, you don't care at all. I'm just saying what I think. Yeah, man.
2: All right, well, question number eight. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation,
0: what would that be? Living things for later. Is that the personality trait? sure. Yeah, I always leave things for later.
1: Procrastinating on it a little bit. Yeah, not from what I've seen.
0: Well, <laughs> specific things. No, like I multitask a lot, so all I always like leave something for later. I was like, oh, remind, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'll do it tomorrow. So I do this. Usually things that don't really matter. I hope nobody gets offended. But yeah, I. I don't
2: things. know. It sounds like it might be yeah, man. It sounds like it might be an attribute. But I guess all things are double-edged swords at the end of the day, right? A little easier, man. Question number nine. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast? I was literally looking at the apes here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Just you pull, him pull up the trigger. right there, man. <laughs> Maybe I know the answer to this next one. What are you going to do next after the podcast?
0: I'm going to keep looking at the apes. <laughs> well, I have a call in 20 minutes, but probably I will keep looking. Oh, at yeah. Okay. All right, man. Well, cool. Well, that's edu- a quick thing. It's a good <laughs> thing. This
1: isn't live because maybe one of those ape holders would like beef up their, their ass. Their, See?
2: Their
0: yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. Eh? I, I thought there was a question that what my assistant was like, there is a question that says, what personality trait would you want eliminated from the current the generation? Not us, like the, the next generation. And I wanted to say TikTok, but you didn't ask me that. I just well, wanted to know. other. <laughs>
2: It's, it, you can interpret it however you want, but I mean, that's cool, man. To put it out there. <laughs> Next, you want you want to you want to see TikTok <laughs> yeah, <they> eliminated and <laughs> got it understood. <laughs> cool, man. Well, that's Edge Quick Hitters, bro. Thanks so much for sharing with us. We appreciate it. Hey there.
1: Want to know which NFT mints are taking off? Would you like to know about them in real time while they're still taking off? What about tracking NFTs before they launch and seeing which ones are gathering a real Twitter following or boosting their Discords? which ones are hot and could take off like a rocket because so many people are excited for their launch. Mythia, a forthcoming NFT project themselves, have built both of these tools for you even before they've launched, and it's free just because they're cool like that. Go to edgeofnft.com slash mythia to find out more. That's M-Y-T-H-I-A. Find out any upcoming NFTs, Discord and Twitter growth trajectory, and whichmans are happening in real time so you can jump on if you see them taking off. Go to edgeofnft.com mythia to find out more. M Y T H I A. Yes,
2: it's free. I'm heading there now myself. We got a Deep Dive sponsored hot topic to cover, eh?
3: Yeah, yeah, we do. So these guys reached out and we thought this was pretty interesting. wanted to give a shout out to the artists out there that are sort of changing their game as this industry has evolved to create some real utility for their fans of their art, which is great. They're seeing what's going on and the gamification overall. And I think what Siberium has done is quite cool. So this is a guy that a young artist based in Belgium had a chance to to talk with him recently. Really nice guy. He dropped a 500 mint collection that just sold out organically with no Discord, no marketing, no website. People just liked the art. And that's sort of like, that's just so cool in this space because we always talk about the marketing. But when the art can speak for itself and sort of take an artist to the next level, and now it's gone over 220 ETH in volume since then. What next? Well, he created a story for his second collection. His first collection was called Monet World. The second collection is called Monet Universe, and now we're going to go with a thousand mints, and five of these will be given away to our listeners as a contest, and there's rarity traits built in. It's a pretty intricate sci-fi story that we'll share a little bit more with our listeners, maybe in a blog post or something. But, but bottom line, this guy is doing some really cool stuff and shout out to Siberium for being at the edge of NFTs with his own collection and, and being a younger guy that's sort of really going places in this space and uh, excited to support him and the Monet world and now the Monet universe. Uh, curious what your thoughts are as well, guys, on this collection, this yeah. project, Nick, Feel free to chime in as well. I'd love to do a little bit of background research on this, especially because you know I'm sort of
1: in the trenches building our Discord community. And if it was just that, that's very impressive. But I'm also curious if maybe he had become an integral member of that community, too. Because I think that does help. And not to say that that's a necessary component, and the art could stand on its own legs as well. But I think there's some incredible, just even within the Discord communities, of these existing projects, be it like the Bored Apes, right? You know, we just had on Fancy Bears Metaverse, right? They started their own NFT collection, which did quite well, but they were Bored Ape holders, right? And they were involved in that community and they got community support from people in that community.
3: The other thing that I want to mention that I think is really cool here is similar to what we're doing with our Spirit Seeds, you know, that we're doing with Nicole Buffett, He turned the first collection into a mint pass for the next several collections after that. So we talked earlier, Nick, about Bruce Lee and and all the different IP. Like the cool thing is once you know who your supporters are, you can give them presents right throughout the year and you can sort of show loyalty and sort of surprise them. And I think the fact that all those early collectors now have this opportunity to be part of his future story, his future art is giving utility to art in a way that like a lot of artists reach out to us and say, I have this great art. I'm going to turn it into an NFT. And my question is like, then what? Right. And he's sort of yeah. answered that question for his fans. I think that's really cool. His art is pretty cool. I'm, I'm
0: just wondering how is he using AI to generate those? They're looking great. Yeah.
2: Well, wait a minute. Who do we have on guys? Who's doing all the cool AI art generation that we oh, had on yeah. the show?
1: Yeah, Fetch Fetch, fetch.
2: Fetch AI. These look very similar to the stuff that Fetch AI was doing, where it's like, it's pure AI generated art, not like, you know, some simple algorithm and that looks derivative, right? Like, like pure AI. And this really reminds me of that, but it's that in combination with this like sci-fi lore that they created this entire story, this entire background story about the characters in the art, which is really, again, it's fun. There's something cool about that and feels authentic, which is probably- why you know it sold out you know, pretty quickly and he's got a lot of people interested in
0: it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, very, I'm a big fan of AI-generated art. I own a bunch of art blogs, so I've been a fan of the project since day one. I, I love it. And it's just so crazy, man, to see what code can create and how cool of, of looking art computers can create, right?
3: If you're out there, dive a little deeper, learn a little bit about what's going on in Monet world and Monet universe. Yeah, I think that's a wrap for this hot topic.
2: I think so. Yeah. Monet world, Monet universe, interesting stuff. That's, you know, kind of the bulk of the episode for today, but I want to make sure that everybody knows if they're not familiar with all this amazing stuff happening at Eternity. Nick, where can folks go to follow all of your progress and amazing stuff?
0: Sure. Um, Eternity.io is our website, Eternity chain on Twitter, Eternity on Instagram. We're trying to get rid of the chain on Twitter soon. Hopefully, it'll we'll be out. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's where you can, guys, find all information on, on the company. And yeah, stay put. We have some stuff coming nice. up. And you're doing like a bunch on TikTok too, I heard. Is that right? Oh. Or- no, <laughs> well, The company does it. The team does It doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> I definitely don't have TikTok. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter for opinions and you can find me on Instagram for jumping mountains and stuff like that. But that's all about it. (laughs) Nice, brother, nice. And then then just Uh, before
1: we go also, we have... Put together a little choreographed TikTok routine that we're going to need you to participate in <laughs> if you don't mind.
2: <laughs> Nice. Uh, hey, but no, but we are doing some cool giveaways related to Eternity as well, like super dope stuff. So we got a Dak Prescott, Metaverse Wearable, Luis Suarez, Legendary Artist, Argentina, these amazing NFTs, guys, we're going to be giving away, and this will be shared through our socials as far as what you need to do, and a few more details on uh, these amazing and very generous NFTs that we're going to be giving away here. So super excited for that as well. So thanks, Nick, for that generous yes, offer. Got it.
0: Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. You guys i great. I'm, I'm happy I met you. I should have met you earlier, but... We're all in LA, we should hang out.
3: Yeah, man, my thoughts exactly. I'm not too far away. I'm on the West side in Venice. So let's do something soon and do the IRL thing too. Let's do it. Let's do it.
2: Nice. Okay, well, I think we've reached the outer limit for the Edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. And we've got space for adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? go to iTunes right now, rate us, say something awesome, then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. And remember, we always invite you to co-create and build with us at Edge of NFT. We are unlocking a whole new way to connect and collaborate with us through our own NFT drops, Spirit Seeds, leading to Living Tree NFTs, which light the way to our event, NFT LA. A -a one-of-a-kind, immersive, and unforgettable experience at LA Live in Los Angeles, March 28th to the 31st. Check it out at nftla.live and move quick on early bird tickets as they are selling fast. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.